Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Eccentric, the makers of the K-Box and the new K-Pulley. Guys, flywheel training's really grown in popularity of late, and although it's something that's been around for a while, the simple reason that it's grown in popularity is because it works. We've been lucky to have a K-Box in our weight room for the past three years, and we've seen some really great things when it comes to improving the athlete's ability to change direction, and then looking at our return to play protocols with different lower body injuries with the student athletes. The love-hate relationship that everyone has with the K-Box is now just going to grow more with the addition of the K-Pulley. The ability to do standing presses, pulls, rip-throughs, and knee drive exercises is just going to be another arsenal to our training and another addition to the love-hate relationship that our student-athletes have with the awesome tools that come from Eccentric. Go ahead and hop over to Eccentric.com today to check out what they have. Guys, I can't recommend it enough, and I guarantee you won't be disappointed not just with the products, but with the awesome customer service that Eccentric provides. Hey, everybody. If you enjoy the podcast and the content that it provides, make sure you hop over and check out the all-new Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is a combination of the CVA SPS community and the Rugby Strength Coach community, bringing you what is sure to be the Internet's leading resource for continuing education for strength and conditioning professionals. Combining these two resources has allowed us to bring some of the best content from some of the best minds in the world together for your one-stop shop to better improve the continuing education for not just yourself, but your entire staff. Bringing together all of the lectures from the Rugby Strength Coach community, along with the lectures exclusively done for the Central Virginia Sport Performance community, and all the lectures performed at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar, make this an absolute must for performance coaches around the world. The world-class lectures at the Strength Coach Network are not all that you'll see as well. The discussion in the forums and the support and the career guidance from some of the top practitioners in the world, from people all over the world, makes this an absolute must and a great place for you to network, learn, and grow as a performance professional. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPS, that's C-V-A-S-P-S, to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. We're sure you're going to find great value in the Strength Coach Network and are really excited to have you involved. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPS to check it out today. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we are joined by Wofford College's Josh Medler to sit down and discuss with us his physical preparation program for his football team. Guys, after we go through a quick little background of how Josh got down there to Wofford, he dives right into it. And and this is really a cool talk because, you know, Josh is going to talk about really a lot of limiting factors that led them to make the selections into how they are training their football athletes down there at Wofford now. And that leads them right into what the actual program is, what the methods they're using are. You know, where these ideas came from, what types of systems they're running, and then we get into monitoring. And, you know, Josh is in a kind of a unique situation where he's limited, uh, limited a bit budgetarily, and he gets into how they break it all down from lifting to practice and how they're building their monitoring system and have really had some great success with it. Um, guys, this is really, really an awesome talk. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Josh, thank you so much for spending the time with us today, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, dude. Listen, I'm, I'm fired up about this one because we're going to get into some of the nitty-gritty, man. Let's talk training. Let's talk what you're building. Let's talk how you're handling things. But before we get into that too much, let's, 
let people know who Josh is, where you're at, how you got there, and uh, let's run from there, brother. All right, so um, pretty uncom- uh, unconventional path, to be honest with you, man. Um, started off uh, playing Division three football um, up in Indiana, Hanover College. Ended up, we don't really have a strength coach at that level, especially back when I played. Um, so took pride in training and probably doing everything wrong, um, you know, but absolutely love the process, invested in it a ton, uh, graduated with a sociology degree, um, didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up and, and went into coaching football, actually, and found very quickly working at a division three school that, you know, the need for a strength coach and the way that you're able to make connections and relationships with the athletes. You know, I was coaching D line. So you get, you know, 12, 15 guys you get a relationship with and, kind of the other 70, 80. Um, and then as soon as you hit the weight room, you build a relationship with all hundred of them. So that was always, that was huge for me and uh, decided that was the route I wanted to go. Um, so again, to date myself a little bit, I sent out actual hard copy resumes to over 80 division one schools to look for internships, graduate assistantships, basically anything I could catch. Um, I was not certified at the time, um, didn't have a degree in any exercise science related activities. So kind of had to throw it to the wind. And I had one call back out of the over 80 resumes I sent out. Uh, that was University of Memphis and had the opportunity to go work with uh, Mike Stark um, when he was there. So, you know, Coach Stark is one of my mentors, man. He is, you know, we do a lot of things similarly and we do a lot of things polar opposites, but he's the guy that gave me my shot and gave me the opportunity, went down there as a GA and haven't, haven't, haven't lost my love or my passion, my drive for what I've done. It actually, you know, gets stronger as we go through this process and just trying to find a better way to take care of these kids. And, you know, been here at Wofford now for uh, finishing up my sixth year. So we've got kind of a system in place that we found a lot of success with our kids value our kids, you know, take two and, and they're able to make gains and grow through it. So, but that's, that's, that's obviously what we'll get into, but we've changed a lot since we've been here. We've changed a lot in our six years and figuring out what our kids can and can't handle, man, because that's, we are not like anybody else, just like you guys aren't like anybody else and different genetic, different resource and different time and place. So that's kind of what we've been able to do to, to, to create a system here that our kids have vested in and, and committed to a ton to, to make, you know, body changes and, and development, you know, through their times. Sensational, man. Let's get right into it then. Let's talk about that system. Let's talk about how you built it. Let's talk about where your ideas came from, and let's talk about where you see it moving to. Okay, well, to start with, I always I always give everybody the same thing. They always want to know what our training philosophy is and how we do and this, that, and the other. We don't have a philosophy per se. Um, kind of what we look at is we look at a bunch of different principles that we've used to develop how we implement um, kind of our strategy and our approach and to take care of our athletes. Um, the, the biggest ones that we look at uh, were, uh, you know, there are a few other guys that talk about we're stress managers. And that's kind of how we set uh, the, the, the pinnacle for how we want to program, how we design and how we go about our process. Um, so everything that we look at, we look at in terms of uh, high or low uh, CNS stress and basically develop everything out of that into a vertical integration model. Um, so a lot of our components, a lot of our kind of our base principles and setups will come from the likes of uh, Charlie Francis and James Smith. Um, uh, you know, my other, so I said Mike Stark is a mentor. One of my other big mentors is uh, Tom Maslinski. Uh, Milo's down with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, and, and he, was, he and I uh, crossed paths at the University of Memphis for over a year. And he's the guy that kind of, you know, I had some of my thoughts and beliefs and things I, I thought I knew. 
but his exposure based on his relationships with guys like Buddy Morris, um, guys like Charlie Francis, those guys, it just it exposed me to a whole nother level of, 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 of ideology and understanding exactly how to best case scenario for these kids. And, you know, you always have to reflect to find a better way to do it. And that's basically what we've done is we've taken that high, low integration model concept here and we've evolved it a ton. So, you know, um, small step, uh, snippet of that evolution. When we started here, my very first summer, uh, we started four days a week and we went a very basic and traditional high day on Monday uh, with intensive run work and lower body lift. And then we'd, we'd spend 60 minutes running and 60 minutes lifting. And then we'd take day two and we'd do the same thing, but we'd go low CNS and we'd be tempo-based runs with upper body lift. And then we'd basically take Wednesday off and then we'd repeat that on Thursday and Friday. And what we ended up finding was, because that was a similar model to, to, that I had first had exposure to, our kids don't have the work capacity. Our kids don't have the genetic you know, potential or abilities to actually do those things. So it worked a little bit on the front end, but what we found was as we added, as we added complexity um, to our programming design and we added you know, just, just more nuances and more challenges for them in the training regimen, they couldn't handle it because every day ended up being a high CNS day. And our goal was not to tap into that at all. And everything, you know, per what literature and research gives you was based around low CNS work, but they weren't able to recover. And the whole idea to me, you know, with the high low model and the CNS uh, stress management, when we look at those things, the whole idea is, is recoverability. And what's your availability from day one to day two? You know, that's, you know, that's, that's the challenge. And that's where we've kind of had to be able to restructure our model from a four day uh, two hours a session. Now we go six days and we never have a session longer than 90 minutes. And those 90 minute sessions are the reserve for when we lift and run combo and the same. And that's more of a 60 minutes run and 30 minute lift. I love it, dude. I love it because you know what I, I, I love the most about this. And this is just me being how I am is like hearing your learning process is awesome, dude. Like that you came in there and you were like, you know, this is what I think it should be like. And kind of struck out. And we're like, what's going on? How can we make this better? So how is that now continuing to evolve? So like, like run us through that. Run us through how you're setting this up. Run us through how you're, how you're changing things and moving these kids forward because it's, it sounds like this is definitely far from a mature process, even though you've been there six years. No, no doubt, no doubt. Still trying to find the better way to do it. So let's take a step back first, um, talk about kind of our analyzation of how it wasn't as good as we wanted it to be because our guys are still, look, at the end of the day, people say it all the time. There are a lot of ways to skin a cat. No doubt, man. Like getting kids in shape, get kids strong, sure. But to optimize those things, that's the challenge. And what we found early was kids were getting in better shape. They were moving better. They were stronger. They felt better you know, injury reduction and so on and so forth. There were, there were a lot of components that were positive. Well, the big one that changed this was the conversation I had with the uh, head football coach at the time. We sat down, he said, hey, how come so-and-so is slower at the end of the season than he is at the beginning of the season? How did he get slow during the season? And you sit there and you go, well, you know, that's not a maladaptation to sprinting. Like, that's not what happened here. What happened is it's just the, 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 the fatigue accumulation through time and the kids not recovering well and so on and so forth. So that's when it really, really forced us to go back into our model of 
what we're doing, you know, exactly how much, you know, we're dosing and how much volume and intensity, you know, per session, per event that we're actually looking at. So that's kind of where we were able to track that difference. So now the way we've evolved it is it is now it's more simple than it was in the beginning because we've cut some of the layered components out on a day to day because we're going six days now. So again, through that vertical integration model where we're continuing to, to you know, adhere to different concepts throughout that we never get rid of, you know, plyometric skills. We never get rid of, you know, our basic nuances of training that we're always looking to look, if you don't train rate of force development, you're not going to get, you're not going to create more power. You know what I'm saying? So it's basic, basic things that we have to always keep integrated with our system. So what we've actually found is we're able to break things up better and 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 more simplistically based because now the emphasis is is a lot more geared toward exhibit a as opposed to trying to touch a b and c today we know that i don't have to get it today because i've got a session tomorrow and tomorrow's session may only be 45 minutes but now we're just able to layer things completely different you know so it's it, it's gone from i think we all have a certain element in our thought process where we got to do a lot of things we need to touch a lot of different modalities and, and intensities, movement, pattern specific, whatever it is. Okay. But at the end of the day, like for us, it's, it's minimal effective dosage and it is basic stuff works period, because we're not dealing with elite level, trying to fine tune this guy to be able to survive the NFL for 10 years. We're still looking at very, very developmental based athletes we're looking at guys that i mean when our guys show up here they don't know how to squat hinge push pull carry they, they don't know how to do those things so we have to revamp all those qualities and by doing six days and we can spread it out we can touch multiple things throughout the week we've just seen much much better gains and much better kind of sticking value uh to those training protocols more than we have just trying to cram hey two hours of work you're going to get better but you're also going to get tired as hell no doubt about it now ton of good stuff in that a lot of things that we could go after but you talked about one of them at least three times and that was tired fatigue and and looking at that so let's talk about that how's josh and the staff looking at the guys down there and making sure that you, know, you brought up optimal dose like how do we know we're doing what's best and we know we're not you know overcooking the cake if you may Right. No. And that's and that's and that's been the piece that was kind of the most challenging to figure out exactly how to tag a number onto that uh, to be able to identify those things. So the first couple of years, um, honestly, we were going based on kind of what we had done and what we kind of research again in volumes per position, so on and so forth, and what we think guys would actually need. Um, and again, so as we go and we adhere to a different process, what we started doing was we actually started going out and we're out there anyways, but out of football practice and, and scrimmages, competitions, stuff like that, we have zero technology here. So rather than putting a, you know, a monitor or a tracker on a kid to be able to get his heart rate and get his, you know, his, his running volume, so on and so forth, we're sitting and we're subjectively measuring those things. So what we do is I'm not worried about anything less than uh, we call it 90%. So I know, again, if I go into Charlie's literature and so on and so forth, and a lot of sprint stuff talks about 95%. 100% no doubt about it, but I don't know how many athletes are really truly working at that 95 threshold and higher. So we use a 90. 
Um, and that and it allows us to convey a little bit of a different message the way that we communicate that to our athletes because when we train speed, uh, I, I'm, all, I'm always going to get off on a tangent here, Jay. But whenever we train speed, when we're looking at those elements, if I can train those guys 90% higher threshold through the entire training session, to me that's a win because what we'll actually do is let's just say we have 10 10-yard 10 sprints, okay? If we run 10 10-yard 10 sprints, I may take the first three or four and tell them 90%. When I coach 90%, I'm going to coach that kid to be two to three steps short of full speed. And then we'll run those first four reps at 90. Hey, you guys are feeling good. You look good, you know, so on and so forth. Go ahead and take it up to about 92%. Now, that's a half a step faster. Okay, so now we're rep six, rep seven. Hey, you feeling good? Let's go 95, 97 based on how you feel. I still don't want full bore. I don't want you to turn it loose. Because if I can get 10 sprints at that speed ability to which they can competently handle, it's twofold. One, I reduce injury because or rate of injury possibility just based on they don't try to outrun themselves. And as soon as they start to outrun themselves, mechanics go to the wind. They're trying to race each other every rep, and you don't get any value. And then the second part, like I truly believe the way that we train with the high-low and the intensive, extensive, and the way that we recover and replenish in between runs and bouts, so on and so forth, I truly believe that if we play a game at 90% higher throughout the entire game, first quarter to fourth quarter, we're still better than everybody else. You know what I'm saying? And that's just – and I've, I've seen it time and time again because those guys that go out there and, you know, they're running a bunch of 40s and short rests and they're trying to replicate a game. Yeah, it works. It works for a period of time. But, you know, my goal is to be, be able to peak every play, be able to peak through the entire game. And, and you know, that's that's the whole idea with sprinting 90 or higher. So, OK, so back into your question, um, talking about gathering some data and some information. Um, so what we did is we tracked practices and we would track everything 90 percent or higher. OK, so when we track it, I would have a clipboard and I may have the running backs. Uh, one of my assistants has another clipboard. They may have DBs or wide receivers. And you're watching a position group. And what you'll do is you'll basically just follow those, you know, handful of athletes around all day and everything that you watch that looks like a 90 percent higher perceived effort. Then you're going to chart those things. And we basically we've got a sheet. We've got it all broken down now to where they can log all that. And they may take two hard steps out of an acceleration and then that's it. Well, I'm going to log that as a five yard sprint because per their exertion, what their output is, I'm going to market that. Now, I'm going to watch a wide receiver run a, you know, 40 yard post. Well, I'm going to match that 40-yard post, and if he catches the ball and he continues his run, he may accumulate 70 yards. So I'm going to designate 70 yards. So what we did to first start to understand these things is we would sit there during camp, and we would compile. We would rotate practices and position groups, and we would compile as much information as we needed as, as we could get because basically what we did is we take that, and what do we train in the summer for? Well, we train in the summer to prepare ourselves for camp. So if I have all these numbers for camp, then I know what they need to be prepared for in camp. And then camp's going to be that next step that prepares them, you know, specifically for the game. So it's just the GPP to SPP model. Um, but that way we actually have running volumes for them. Okay. Now we take that and we started to combine that with post-practice RPEs. We initiate RPEs in the weight room my first couple of years here. And that is a very challenging message to convey to kids to get them to understand things because my challenge with it, again, just it, it's probably lack of designation for them as much as anything else. But what we were getting was you may have a two heavy triples on a squat and you may ride them at 90 percent. And they would mark that as a low RPE because they're only getting six touches. 
while that should be a, you know, seven, eight, as you kind of get the true RP, we just did a one to 10 scale, uh, just kind of modify and dumb it down. And then what you get was it would be a, you know, low, you know, it'd be a, a kind of low intensity day. It'd be more of an upper body, you know, weak point training accessory based day, but as a lot of volume based, they'd mark that as a high RPE because they'd get a pump out of it. So we'd have a challenge a little bit on the beginning with the education and kind of the defining and getting them to understand exactly what the RPE was, but we started to integrate it more out of practice and conceptually they were under, they were able to grasp things more. So we'd take their running volumes and we'd match it up with their post-practice RPEs and we would start to give that feedback to position coaches and, and head coach. Hey, you know, and it allowed us to better understand exactly what these guys were taking on and how well they were recovering. And then you just take that and you start to model that at exactly how you program in here and how we design our runs. Because at the end of the day, again, like we're trying to prepare them for that sport. So I can't recreate the sport, but if the closer I can get demand wise and need wise, the better off that they're going to be. I'm really happy that you said that you had a hard time with the RPE. I thought I was the only one. No. Dude, like, it's like no matter what, like those kids, and, and it's what's great is you're talking football and I'm talking basketball. I could tell you right now, it wouldn't matter if I hit them in the face with a sledgehammer or they took a nap. There was about eight of them that was just going to say it's a seven. Yep. 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 And, and, and I think that's, you know, again, it goes back to the education and exactly how we convey that message to them. Because at the end of the day, you want to tell them like, look, man, this today is a six RPE day. And then you got guys marking nines and marking fours. And, and at the end of the day, that's what it's for. That's what it's for to get their rate of perceived exertion. But sometimes you just feel like it's flawed. It's like, there's no way you mark that a nine. Like you're not even sweating today, you know? And that's where, you know, at the end of the day, you have to trust your kid. You have to trust your kid. And, and that's where we've grown exponentially from that to now that I do trust our kids when they turn in a post-practice RP. When they walk up that hill at the end of the day, when I look at them, I can look at their face and say, hey, you're going to give me an eight. I know you are. I, I know what you did. You didn't have a lot of live reps today. I know you're a three. You know, so I mean, and it's, you know, the other part that's interesting, and, I, I'm, and I'm sure that you guys take this on to a certain degree. If a kid fills it out or it gives you that answer, the kid right behind him is going to answer the same way. Nine times out of ten, and it blows my mind. It's, it's like, you, can you not, like, look, you guys are in your feelings all day long. Come on, man. You, you, you've got to give me that individual component of what you're sitting on, man. And that's, and that's, it, it's, it's just crazy. And you go, hey, he's an eight. Well, he said an eight. Well, I'm the same position group. I guess I'm a DB, so I should be an eight, too. Come on, man. How do you, where, where are you at? Did you take the same reps? Did you perform the same thing? Same amount of sleep? Same hydration? Say, like, no. So that's, that's the challenge, man. And that's, and that's what, you know, that's what's wonderful, you know, with all these things. And, and the lack of technology is one thing that I, I appreciate the heck out of it is it forces our kids to be more conscious. Rather than just getting a statistical readout that says X, Y, or Z, now you actually have to get a kid to understand, hey, that was a nine practice. Okay, if it was a nine practice, you better be doing everything in your power to take care of yourself so tomorrow you don't repeat a nine. You give yourself an opportunity to recover a little bit so you feel better because if you start packing up these nines, by the time we hit game one, you're going to go, I don't have my legs. 
and you ain't ever going to get those things back. So that's I, that's that's one thing I appreciate about the lack of technology that we have is because everything that we do is more subjectively measured, and it's kind of like, how do you feel? What what do you think? I love that, dude. And I, you know, my question to follow up with all of that is, if you ever had the coaches fill that out too? <laughs> no, no. Um, we don't, but that is, so talk about coaches and coaches influence. Um, our head football coach has been here for two years now. Absolutely love him. Absolutely love him. And, and the previous head coach, great relationship, phenomenal person, phenomenal football coach. They're just different guys. Okay. So, um, real, real, real fast again, so I don't get off on a tangent. Um, the head football coach came to me a couple weeks ago and he reads a lot and he tries to understand a lot of things and, and, and I want him to be aware. I, I don't it, look at the end of the day. I don't expect him to understand all the science and the nuance of the hows, the whys and the what. But the more aware he is, I think the better off we are. So he comes to me a couple weeks ago and he says something about, hey, uh, you know how you design all the running and you do the, the tempo stuff and so on and so forth. He goes, isn't sprinting something like glycolysis or like is there something in there like how does that exactly work so you know we had to start breaking down science for him so he understands the hows whys and what's so he understands exactly how his guys get in shape i love that i love that about him that he wants to be aware so um back to when we started doing our spring football practice this year we sat down and we looked at first question is what's your goal what's your objective what do you want to achieve in spring ball well, you're not playing a game, so you don't have to be in game shape, so on and so forth. So you go through all these things, and basically at the end of the day, we sat there and we said, we are looking to enhance our, our, our tactical and our technical abilities on the football field, period. Like, we don't need to hit a ton. We don't need to see, you know, how well we can play against ourselves. We need to enhance our, our abilities. So what he started doing was he's looking at his practice plan. He would break down his periods the same way that we kind of break down our training in terms of, a high period um, would be he'd mark them green and there would be anything that would that would contain live reps. So, again, it's that 90 or higher. And then he'd have a yellow uh, marking for anything that was kind of a tempo based. So that may be individual drills or some kind of like, you know, um, you know, work in some kind of form or shape or, or kind of fit, if you will. Um, so it's more tempo based. So they're able to kind of gain, a, you know, an understanding without being full speed and messing things up. And then they'd have one that was marked red that would basically be a walkthrough, if you will. Um, so he's starting to design and look at practice conceptually the same way we do with the high CNS stress and kind of where they fall in that threshold of training. Because, you know, again, it goes back to, it goes back to Charlie and what Charlie talks about that 70, that basically 80 to 95, that 75 to 90 zone, like for football wise, we don't need it. We don't need it, and, and basically it's going to either keep us, you know, it's either going to make us slower or it's going to take us away from recoverability, and, and, and that's the one that we want to try to avoid. So he's been phenomenal as far as kind of trying to be aware of how we build programs and how we design and what we're actually doing to try and match those things up in practice. You, you can't – I mean, that's – I mean, we're basically sitting here sharing GPS data and going through all the analytics without having any of that number. Yeah, and it's it's your own type of accuracy because it's your own type of system with your own type of players, and if the proof's in the pudding, like who cares? That that, that that's it, man. That's it, and that's and that's you know one one of my favorite ones ever is uh, um, 
uh, Joe Kinn, um, you know, the Panthers uh, utilize our facilities for their for their camp. So we have the opportunity to, to hang out with House for a couple of weeks, weeks, which is a complete treat. Uh, but, you know, the the uh, you know, the big one with that is, you know, he used to talk about he's like because we're the same way. Everything that we do is founded in science. At the end of the day, all of our results come from application. And, and, and you could take a perfect program, but if you can't implement it, cue it, coach it, and, and coerce that thing to give you results, then it doesn't really matter what you put out there. So, you know, that's what House used to always talk about is basically this technology and what we've switched into. This stuff is awesome. But at the end of the day, it should reaffirm that what you're doing is of accurate, uh, you know, of accuracy and of value to your athletes. Yes, because at the end of the day, if we're not providing value for them, then what are we providing at all? Hard work, sweat, the grind. I, I don't know. I don't know. Elements yeah, that I can't. the grind, whatever that is. Yeah, it's 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 the it's you know, not to dismiss a sport coach ever, but how many times do we sit down with sport coaches and we talk about off season objectives, goals, training, so on and so forth, and they say we gotta get tougher. And you sit there and you go, Okay, first of all, not a measurable quality. Okay, but if you want me to train toughness, does that what is that? What is that? Is that sweating activities? Is that things that, you know, put kids on a, a, a health health risk brisk of, you know, I mean, I don't know what that is. You know, so at the end of the day, if we don't have well-founded, you know, and, and, and logically based program design and implementation, then, then we're remiss of what we're doing. And that's kind of full circle back to the high-low. That's one of the things that I love about the high-low. It, it's like me. I am I am a symmetrically based person. I love balance. And when you look at high low and you look at those concepts, I mean, you're alternating high and low day to day. And, you know, you're 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 accommodating your workloads with a high, moderate and low based on exactly how you're trying to prescribe and make gains. So on an adaptation that you're looking for. But I mean, at the end of the day, that symmetry and that balance in that high low design. And then again, you, you wrap in that vertical integration. It to me, it's beautiful. Like, you know, it, it again, a lot of ways to do it, a lot of ways to get there. But that's just what I have found. You know, for me and the way that I preach it, the way I coach it, the way I understand it, it works the best. And at the end of the day, if you can't define and support what you do, then you're doing it wrong, you know, because you're just doing stuff. It's it's, it's the idea of this. It's, it's the idea of I love I love, you know, Cal Dietz's writings and the way he goes about things. But anybody else that tries to do triphasic, they're not Cal Dietz. So you're doing some bastardized version of triphasic. It's just like I said at the beginning, it's it's not a training philosophy. You know, we've tried to adhere to some of the principles with high-low and vertical integration. Am I Charlie Francis or James Smith? Absolutely not. I I don't I don't I don't I don't know if I have, you know, that envelope for intelligence that those guys had, you know, but at the same time, we're gonna use those concepts and we're gonna try and utilize that because we use ideas, you know, we use concepts out of, out of the, uh, uh, triphasic. We use some time under tension, uh, as far as loading goes with some slow eccentrics. Obviously we do isometrics for some starting strength stuff, uh, with our young guys off the front end. So the idea is taking all those concepts and making it yours, making it yours, you know, and that's, you know, you know, forever indebted to, you know, guys that have helped show and explain the way of doing it this way. It's just what works for us. It just works for us. A thousand percent, dude, and just to piggyback one more of those quotes about you don't do it if you're not there, man, that is arguably my favorite line from Big House ever, brother, is you don't train West Side unless you're at West Side. That's it. That's it. That's it. And, and, and again, it goes back to it goes back to our, our training principles. It's it's we use West Side concepts. 
we use West Side concepts, but I am not training my guys max effort the way Louis does. Because one, I've never met or spoke with Louis. I've probably read everything that he's ever put out. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I can't recreate what he is because, you know, you watch enough of those videos. He is West Side. You know, and, and, and I'm not West Side, but I really enjoy what he has to say and how he goes about his process. And, and I've seen those things work with our guys. So who am I to, you know, try to recreate that, you know, without, you know, trying to be Louie? Well, it's not. I'm, I'm a very simple human being and, and, you know, reading and researching. And, and, and look, at the end of the day, our kids are guinea pigs to a certain degree. Obviously, we want to be very, very intelligent in that process. But, I mean, try some different concepts. I mean, here's one. We did an actual um, max effort single this spring um, really for the first time since I've been here. Um, and, and with our football student athletes. And I just, I'm not a big max effort guy with a lot of these athletes just because I, they're, they're, they're too young of lifters. They're too novice lifters. Like, I don't believe that some of these kids can handle, you know, the, those, those upper thresholds of what their true strength ability is. And they did a phenomenal job for us. So it's like, I tell them, like, you guys show me that you can handle these, these stressors and these, you know, these, these training protocols, then I have no problem adding those things back in, but we're still not max effort. We're still not true max effort program because, Hey, look at this. You ready? Cause I, I know again, we all touch it. We all want to do dynamic effort to some capacity. Well, if your kid doesn't move a bar fast with or without a chain or a band or any kind of accommodating load, it doesn't matter. It's not dynamic effort anymore. It's repetition method. And, and, and it's submaximal of that. So it's like, you know, we're dealing with kids and we're trying to create max effort, dynamic effort. And it's like, OK, first of all, your max effort really ain't a max and your dynamic effort really ain't fast. So what are you trying to recreate? It's not West Side. No, it's more just like garbage effort. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Well, listen, Josh, this is some sensational stuff, brother. Where can people see more about what you guys are doing and how you're putting things together down there? So uh, we've got uh, we've got two uh, social media outlets. We've got a, a Twitter handle is at Wofford Strength, um, all one word, um, and then we have a, a, a Instagram that is at Wofford underscore Strength. Um, I uh, my previous assistant that was in charge of both of those things, uh, she took another job, so we are on a little bit of uh, social media hiatus for a few, uh, but we will be back in full. Uh, we post a lot of stories on our Instagram. Um, we kind of like to just show snippets of kind of what we take our kids through. Um, we are of the no fluff, um, idea, man. So, so, you know, we don't, we don't promote, you know, how much kids squat and how much guys bench and, and all those things. We just try and throw a few snippets out there and, and just make people aware of what we do. You know, at the end of the day, Jay, um, you know, don't have the answers to everything. Um, uh, but the idea for us is to be able to, to, to promote how we train guys. Um, and, and how we go through the process. And then, you know, in turn, we got people reaching out to us, asking questions, how, why's and what's. And, and you know, I, I want to be able to share my experiences, knowledge and, and, and education. And do I have all the answers? Not at all. But, you know, we've been doing it and doing it different. And then I'll see a lot of gains with our guys. Awesome, brother. I love it. We'll make sure that we tag all those. And we got those all underneath in the show notes. Josh, this is killer stuff, bro. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being on. Yes, sir, man. Have me, Jay. Yeah, man. Well, listen, we'll be in touch real soon, brother. Thank you so much. Sounds good, man. Thank you again. Yeah. And a huge thanks to Wofford's Josh Medler for spending the time with us today, guys. Dude, I mean, like, the man is just sitting here telling us, A, what went wrong, B, 
how they try to correct it, C, the resources they've utilized to make sure that they're doing the best by their athletes, and D, how they're monitoring and making sure that they are. I don't know how much more open, honest, and candid someone could be than Josh was during this talk. Josh, I can't thank you enough for being so open, honest, and candid with us today and just being so open to sharing. This is absolutely sensational. And guys, make sure you hop on Twitter right now, at Wofford Strength, and on Instagram, at Wofford underscore strength, and give them a follow because they're putting out great stuff, guys. And, you know, they're, they're doing great stuff, so make sure you're giving them some support. And as always, guys, if you did enjoy the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. We are just trying to get the best information out there to all the great coaches that we can. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.